The Torah content for this week has been sponsored by Judah and Naomi Dardik in honor of Rabbi Moskowitz's second yard site and in appreciation for all those whose love of Torah and excitement for ideas shines in their teaching. Okay, so technically this is Ramam Bacchus, okay, but we have a little bit more to do with the Oracle Shulchan from last time. So quick recap, okay, if I asked you point blank based on last week on your recollection, what is the concept of a tenth of like my or according to the Rambam? Like halakhically, what is, uh, uh, or what's its halakhic like nature or structure? Yeah? Just from the text, uh, what were you have on the person asks? Uh, right, so the mitzvah of tzedakah is, what is, is to give when the person asks, right? So, but where does a tenth come in though? Jeroboam. Right, so so the word, first of all, where's the Ram say it though? Because he doesn't explicitly say it's Durbanan. Yeah, right here. It's yeah. The mega, yeah, it's the middle. He says middle amount is a tenth, maximum is a fifth, and then the minimal minimal amount. Did I say the minimal amount the first time? I meant the normal amount. Middle amount is the tenth, maximum amount is a fifth, uh, and then the minimal minimal amount is the two point eight grams of silver right. per year, right? But then it's unclear from the Ram, like what, how you reconcile that with Demach Surah Yaksar Allah with giving the poor person what he needs. So that's, and where's the minimal amount come from also, right? And what's this thing of a year if the whole Chiyavit Tzedakah is whenever the guy asks you? So that's where the Arkham Shulchan came in and said that he holds uh, that Dil Raisa, it's just to give whatever the poor person needs, okay? But Midr Rabbanan, the Rabbanan had to put a cap on that because people were giving away too much. And they said, uh, there's three guidelines. There's a tenth, uh, which is the normal amount, and then a fifth, which is the maximum amount, unless you're on your deathbed, uh, in which case you could give up to half, because you, because then you're splitting it with the inheritors. And then there's uh, the minimal minimal amount. Okay, um, and he says that that's durabana. Okay, so yeah, tzedakah, right? yeah. Sorry, I forgot to say the the context is tzedakah. Yeah, yeah. Just so that it's separate from my And it, oh, so that's what I want to talk about today. Okay, oh. so okay, so so he did say it's separate from miser because what is actual miser? A tenth, a tenth of what? Mm-hmm. Produce. Okay, right. So he said. So so he said it's different. Now this is one of these things. So a side point here. Um, I don't know if you have. Okay, we all have gaps in our knowledge. Okay, but I think that because I, um, because I uh, only converted when I was in eleventh grade, there's certain things that people talk about as if it is unanimously a thing, that I kind of like was misled into thinking that it's unanimously a thing. Uh, and then only later on found out that it's not unanimously a thing. And one of those things is miser. Like you have to give 10% of your, uh, like miser suffering, like giving 10% of your income. Okay. So this is what the article can clarifies today. He says like this. According to what we explained, which we just recapped. Okay. So he says, it's clear, like the, the, the opinion of the Gdolim, I don't know which Gdolim he's talking about. That who hold that miser of money has no foundation in the Torah. Okay. So he says so that's the Bach and uh, the Pnei Yoshua. Okay. I guess that's the Gedolim. Okay. I guess contemporary Gedolim. Some, the Taz, hold, want to bring a proof from here that Miser Ksafim is from the Torah. And he says, Utumihani, I'm astounded by this. According to what we explained, Adraba, Raya Mikan it's the exact opposite. Okay, how so? He says, The essential obligation from the Torah is to give the person whatever he needs. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
And a tenth or a fifth, that's just a tekana from the Rabbanan. And if you're going to say, if you're going to say that from the Torah, you're obligated to give him what he needs, then you could say, how did the Rabbanan come along and put a cap at a fifth, even if that doesn't take care of his needs? That's not a problem. In addition to what we read last week, this is also a halacha de so that you're not supposed to give all your money to tzedakah. Uh, so I don't really know halachas of, of, of erechen and uh, haramim, but apparently if you try to um, to designate all your stuff for like hektish or whatever, all of your stuff, then it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> Double eyes backfire. Um, uh, how do we know this? Because the Rabbanan get a drasha from everything that you own, but not everything that you own. Rambam says a person shouldn't uh, sanctify, consecrate all of his uh, possessions. But Osekin over Aldasa Kasuv, someone who does this violates the Pasuk. That's not piety, that's idiocy. Ram says, if you're going to spend money on mitzvahs, don't do more than a fifth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so I was going to say, until yeah. that line, it wasn't really a great proof, because I mean, it's a dead head dish, not a dead head. Right, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, he's, he's expanding it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from the Torah, it's also to, to give away all your uh, possessions. And so you need a shear. And the Chachamim based their shear off the Deraisa, which is a, a tenth and a fifth uh, from you pre existing Deraisa shear, but they applied it to Tzedakah. Okay, they're basing it off of the Maestros. Uh-huh. If you're redeeming captives, then you can spend more than a fifth. And people who are like in lives in danger through starvation or thirst. But ever she is busy, you can go to the house. And you're obligated to go more. I thought he was going to bring a proof for the fact that if you want to do a pidyon, uh, the hectish, yeah, right, you, you have to pay an extra fifth. Oh, that's interesting. Because hectish only makes you pay an extra uh-huh. fifth. Then, like you see, like uh, that's a cap, but I guess that's, that would be nice. But no, he's saying Pidion Shvuim, Pidion Shvuim, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to answer a question that I said we weren't going to answer, but he answers it so clearly that I was like, okay, let's do it. Which is how much of your income do you have to give, and how do you calculate that? <laughs> okay, now, I'm not going to go into all the details, but he says like this: Umavur Biushami the Palm Rishon. So we read this last week, not in this halacha. It says in the Yushami that the first time you give you give the tenth or the fifth from the principal amount, from your net worth. Okay. The and then from then on you do it from how much you profit. Okay. So it's obvious that if a father gives to a son or daughter a gift or some other type of like wedding gift or some other gift, even if the father already gave a tenth of his uh, his uh, amount, once you, the son or the daughter, get it, you need to separate your own fifth or your own tenth. You being the child. You being the child. And then you go based on the profit. Okay. Now, why does he have to tell you that? 
So let, let's say, let's say I, here's an example. Okay. Let's say I am a, a father, right. And I have a thousand dollars. Okay. And I separate a hundred dollars uh, for, for Sadaka. And so I have 900 left and then I give the 900 to my son. Right. So the son can't say, Oh, my dad already separated Miser from that. So I don't have to give anything. No, for the son, it, 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 it restarts. That's like Miser Shane. No, it's like, um, Hold on a second. This is, what did we say? Um, yeah, the son hasn't done it yet. Right. So in other words, the son can't like say that, oh, my father already gave it. So this money is, is, is already tied. Right. Yeah. So we, that we didn't know. We said like, is it when you first start working? Is it like, you know, we, we didn't really know when the Karen starts. Yeah. Um, so we have to figure that out. Uh, but okay. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's like, it's like saying, Oh, I got money from someone from my boss who did my surround the money that he had. Right. And I got it. And right. So, but why, 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 right. right. So, but where's that having me to come from? You, you were on the right track. Where does that help? Uh, that is a dinner. <laughs> yeah. But where does that come from though? From Miser, right? So in Miser, you do speak of this, of has this tithe uh, produce been tithed already? Like we do treat it like, yeah, there's different people who have to give different amounts from that. But like, uh, that's what he's going to say in a second. He says, um, uh, And then you go from the prophet. Let's say you inherit money from your father or other relatives. Even if they separated Miser, you need to separate uh, again. And that's what the Gedolim hold. Even though by Miser Tavua, it's not like that. We explained that that's for a different reason. Okay, so so that it, it does work like that. I don't know enough to say what those halakhas are. Yeah. Okay, then he says, and this is this part is significant, especially for me when I have people over for Shabbos. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, you can so this answers another one of our questions. Not why we care about the year, but when is you calculate from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah your income. So yeah. Does does that mean you you don't know? Until the end, yeah, until the end until I think so. End. Until the end of the year, like and then you go based sum? just like taxes, right? So then you give a lump sum then. So the the well, I, I don't know if it's like it's a one time thing. Oh, you're talking about for the first year? Uh, well, for the first year, let's say it's your first year working. Yeah. So you add up, you wait for until the Rosh Hashanah, and you take all everything that you added, and then you take a tenth from that. Oh, okay, but you don't. You don't and then like, the next year, it's from the profit that you accrue each. Oh yeah, but you don't need to like pay that off like before the next Rosh Hashanah starts. Right? I don't think he's giving a. Oh, okay. It's I don't like think deadlines. That's a good like, question. This is a fun that I don't know. Right, that I don't know. Okay. That, that, he's not addressing that. Because that seems a little difficult. Because well, you know, like, yeah, against like some of the things in Hufflepuff's day house, and you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's. let's... Oh, because if if you're supposed to like add it all up at the end and then pay it like taxes and just lump sum it all, then like at least for, for insofar as like doing it many times, you're not going to be able to get to do that many times. Yeah, he's not saying how you give it. Okay. He's saying how how you calculate. Okay, how you calculate yeah. It. yeah. Okay. So he says, Sorry, she So if let's say you had certain like business ventures in that year that some you profited from and some you lost from, you make. A, uh, an overall calculation, and the, the net profit that you have, you give a tenth of that to Tzedakah, but it gets better. 
and included in the profit, you only count the clean profit. There's probably a financial term for clean profit, but he'll explain what he means. All of the expenditures that you did going into the business, okay? Even the travel expenses, okay? Uh, and, and your food expenses that you took, like, let's say you, you go to, uh, what do you, you go to China, right? We're not going to do business with China. Let's say you go to, uh, to the UAE, right? <laughs> and you, uh, you, um, you, you, you take the plane ticket and all the kosher food you buy. So you can deduct that from, uh, from the total amount. All of those are included in the expenditures for the business. And you withhold all of those. Okay. And that's, this is only after the first year. Tax-free. No, this is even, yeah, this is tax free. Yeah, yeah. Right. Even in the first year. And that which remains as a profit after the withholding of all the uh, expenditures, micro revach. That's what we call profit. I thought we said that on the first year you have to pay Karen. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right, you're right. right. This is, but presumably, presumably the, the, uh, the, what do you call it? Presumably for the Karen. <laughs> unless Karen means something different. Yeah. Unless Karen means the initial investment. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. So certainly for, for the, the, the after year oh, one, right? Yeah. Okay. But your household expenditures, you cannot deduct. Okay. And then this also partially answers the question that you asked Yosef about debt. Let's say this guy makes a profit of a thousand Zuhuvim in a year. He has to give 100 or 200 for tzedakah. Even if he spent more than a thousand, I guess he's not in debt, even though he spent more than a thousand. Uh, Zahuvim for his house. Okay. In other words, he can't say, well, I got a zero, uh, you know, zero profit because I made a thousand dollars and I spent a thousand dollars on my, on my uh, renovations, you know, mm-hmm. um, he starts to give a 10th from the profit. Only that which is a uh, tzedakah in the hotel, oh, but only that which is tzedakah in the expenditures in uh, in his household expenditures. I'm not familiar with this. That they would give out bread on Mondays and Thursdays. I guess so. From from the yeah, right. I guess so. or giving coins to the anim. Right or giving a a certain day for the bnei talmud Torah. Right. So I think. Uh, uh, okay, so I think like hosting Tamir Chachamim for uh, for Suda. The, or or I need him. <laughs> yeah, right. So you can you can uh, deduct that uh, or withhold it from Meiser. Uh, but your what you spend on your young uh, sons and daughters. Even though we say. Those who do tzedakah at all times, and the Gemara says that refers to people who feed their kids okay, when they're young. That's not included in actual tzedakah. That's like philosophical tzedakah, I guess. The Altsad Hadrash Amru, this go on longer than we need. Uh, let's just finish this uh, so we can go back to the Rama tomorrow. Um, God forbid that that's included in tzedakah. Because if everyone's feeding their own household is counted as tzedakah, then no poor people would ever get money. Um, 
the odd that's an exaggeration. Yeah, uh, if the kids are going to go, I, mean, I think he'll probably let's office. see if he talks about that. I know, I think that might count as Sadaka, though. Let's see the Afhamagadel Bnei Banav, Bnei Benosav, or Benosehem. Uh, I don't know, I, I think he means even after they, they are, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Bnei Banav, yeah, even if someone who's raising his grandkids, uh, or his. Doctrinal grandkids. <laughs> right. That's not a word. Nearly she eno yachol lachshav zeh bichal tzedaka mimaiser. You still can't count that. Ubnei banim harayim kabanim. Your grandchildren are like children. Ah, about hamagado yasom yasoma. But if you're raising an orphan, mimishpakto o shalomi mishpakto, either from your family or another family. Vade shuhu tzedaka gadola. That's a big tzedaka. Yachshav zeh mimaus maiser. You can count that as maiser. Vim huchrach laseis ezei tzedaka miruba. If you have to give a huge amount of tzedaka, shadai ein berevach shlo kol kach maiser. That there is not in your profit that much in terms of the tenth. Yacholitin v'lilvos al smach revach shir v'yach achrakach. You can still give and then borrow from the total of profit that you're going to profit later on. This seems very very complicated. No, he's saying you can, you can uh, if you are, let's say you need, let's say someone really needs a huge amount of tzedakah and you've already given the amount that you have um, set aside from your miser. I think he's saying you can borrow from the future profits to give more. I think that's what he's saying, right? Yeah, let's say it's more than a homage, though. Okay, uh, that's what I'm assuming. But on, oh, does that mean that like later on you can subtract I think so. I think okay. so, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're borrowing from the future. Yeah. Um, uh, then you could, uh, you can withhold that and put it in your pocket. I'm not sure what that case is, but then I just want to read one thing. So I, just when I was verifying, I just, I want to see, you never know when the Arko Shohan or any poster for that matter says that this is like a majority opinion. Like, you always have to take that with a grain of salt because, you know, people say that. So uh, so I looked at this summary from YU and they summarize this. Uh, I just want to read two paragraphs here and then we'll stop. So he says um, uh, that the there's a Gemara of Tainus that says you shall tithe all the seed crop. This is interpreted to mean that the concept of tithing applies. This is Rabbi Stein. I don't know who that is. This uh, is interpreted to mean that this concept of tithing applies not only to crops and agricultural produce, but to all forms of profit and financial earnings. The fact that tithing earnings is mentioned in the context of tithing produce leads the Tosfos Chadashim uh, and later the Taz to suggest that tithing earnings is an obligation just like tithing produce. According to their position, Meister Kasafim is the annual and broader financial equivalent of Meister Ani, the pauper's tithe, which is the requirement to set aside one-tenth of the produce grown every third and sixth year of the Shemitah cycle to be distributed to the poor. Now, here's what the Arkh Shulchan summarized. The Taz notes that his father-in-law, the Bach, which I did not know that that was the father-in-law. I had no idea they were related. Okay. Disagrees and writes that the notion of tithing earnings is merely a praiseworthy custom, but not a formal obligation. This is also the position of the Maharam in Rotenberg, cited in the Pesachet Tshuva, and the prevailing opinion of the vast majority of contemporary posting. The Chidah explains that according to these authorities, the entire institution of Meisar Kasafim is not part of the regular system of tithing, but rather represents the recommended amount of tzedakah charity that each person should give on a yearly basis. This a, view, what? No, there was, a, there, was a, there was a a three by the majority of posting. Oh. I want to know who uh, 
I think we'll look at the end of the article. Oh, yeah. This view is supported by the fact that Meister Kasafim is presented by the Shulchan Aruch in Yerodea 249.1, also Simon, in the context of the general obligation to give tzedakah, whereas the Shulchan Aruch writes, under ordinary circumstances, a fifth of one's property is most laudable to give one-tenth as the average disposition, but to give anything less than one-tenth is stingy. So basically, this whole network of the Aruch Shulchan and the Rambam, who don't talk, well, the Rambam doesn't talk about Meister Kasafim, he just talks about as a recommended value for regular tzedakah. That does seem to be the majority uh, of the contemporary post according to this summary article, which I will look at footnote three, is therefore the Chavetz Chaim recommends that when giving Meister Kasafim for the first time, we should stipulate and have in mind, oh, yeah, that we are only doing so voluntarily without any intention to accept a vow to do so in the future, because it's like a uh, recommended practice, not a obligation. Similarly, if we mistakenly thought that Meisr Kasafim was a formal obligation and later discovered that it is only a minhag, we would not have to abrogate or renounce our vow since the oath was taken under false pretenses, right? That's the halacha that if you think something is the halacha and you do it three times, uh, like I think I gave this example earlier that I, when I came here, the yeshiva's minhag back then was to fast on, uh, for half a day on Erev Rosh Hashanah. And, and people talked about it as though that was like plain, like, like Ikhara Din. So I like did that for years. And then one day I, I was like, no one's doing this anymore. And they're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a minhag that like, it's a, you know, uh, I didn't have to do Hatar Sintarim because I, I took it upon myself thinking it was the actual halacha. Additionally, since Meister Kasafim is generally treated as a minhag and not a formal obligation, the parameters and limits of the minhag might not have rigidly defined or universal rules. Rather, at least to a certain degree, each person's minhag might be shaped by their own mindset and specific assumptions when they initially undertook to separate Meister. Right. So I've taken the lazy approach. Uh, in my, because I, I'm really bad when it comes to like, um, uh, like money things. Like I'm not in terms of like, like I, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm very, um, not spend, uh, not, what's the, not miserly is the wrong word. Like I don't like spending money on things unless it's necessary. Frugal. Thank you. Yeah. Frugal. And then when it comes to tzedakah, I just give until I know that I'm like giving more than I need to. Like, I don't do this whole thing of like deducting all the stuff and then, you know, so I was always wondering in the back of my mind, like, am I just like making stuff up? <laughs> you know, but he's saying that since it's all Midos, uh, you know, uh, like Midos based anyway, then like there is room for a certain personal uh, practice. I would say that for my circumstances, it's every 36 year old. I don't know. Like, I haven't looked at the Taz's. Like yeah, un- unclear to me. Uh, uh, and I haven't seen it inside the Taz. Um, so we, we, I, I, we can we can look at that. Uh, yeah, that was up one. Uh, thank you. Taz. Up to Taz. Uh, in your day, three thirty-one, thirty-two. Let's. You want to quickly look at that? Three thirty-one. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to if you don't want to. Three thirty-one, thirty-two. Three thirty-one, thirty-two. The Taz. Thirty-two. Taz uh, says. Oh, that's long. <laughs> Let's not do that now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we need it tomorrow. Let's go back to the Rambam. Okay. Uh, but I think that was good to do. Okay. Have a good day. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in 
enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewash at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.